Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Good evening, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful week. I know I am. Why do you ask? Because it's one of our most favorite episodes of the season. But before we get into that, gotta say hi to my co-host, Jake. How are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing. I'm doing swell. I. I'm not gonna lie. I, I had a hint. A hint of sarcasm that I thought I detected in your voice there when you when you said how good you were doing. It just came off with that kind of like sarcastic lilt. But I, I think I, I'm actually buying it now. Well, you should, because this is literally one of my favorite episodes. I love this episode. Uh, and as we were talking about a little bit beforehand, just briefly, uh, it, it was tougher than normal to come up with our uh, drinking buddies this week. Uh, but it is still one of my favorite episodes. So as I said, it's our drinking buddies episode. This is the guys we are planting our flag on. This is the guys we're riding all season. We're going to be drafting in all of our leagues. These are the guys we feel like are going to be the league winners for you. So these are our drinking buddies. These are the guys we're hanging out with all season long. Uh, so you guys should definitely be taking into consideration drafting these guys because we believe in them, so you should too. Yeah, and there's also an element of uh, we named them Drinking Buddies, not just because, obviously, the title of our podcast, Drinking and Talking Fancy Football, but also these are the guys that, like Sunday, when you're throwing back those those beverages, these are the guys that you actively want to root for. These are the guys you're going to be clanking glasses with your, well... I mean, well, I, fucking social distancing. But you you get the idea. These are the guys you'll be very excited about as you're watching the games. That's right. That's right. But before we get into all that, we have to know, what are we drinking this week? So, Jake, start us off here. What are you drinking? I will happily start us off. This is the Surly Brewing Company. Big proponent. Big fan of Surly on this mm-hmm. podcast. Unabashedly so. This is the Coffee Bender Brown Ale. Nice. And uh, you know what? It's a little thick. It's a little almost meaty, if I can say that, without turning people off of it entirely. Is that what she said? It could be. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the 5.5%. Uh, so it's got uh, it's got enough of a kick to it. And that, uh, the roastiness mm-hmm. is all over this thing. Nice. So what would you rank it for our untapped peeps? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So on our untapped app for our beer ranking, I'm going to give this thing solid four. A four solid four. Ooh, yeah. all right. An yeah. unwavering four. Nice. What are you drinking? I am drinking Eagle Park Brewing Company out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is a Gokwin for the good land. Uh, I am drinking their Tropical Berliner Weiss. So this is a Ooh. 4% and is made with passion fruit, mango, and guava puree. Um, I gave this a 3.25. Uh, it's an okay oh. beer. It's I'm not sold on it. Uh it's got for a Berliner Weiss, you know, you expect a little tartness and yeah. uh, a very fresh beer for Berliner. This this has like a thickness to it, and I don't know if it's all that sweet passion fruit that's kind of offsetting the the sourness or tartness you expect in a typical yeah. Berliner. Uh, so it's just a little much. It's not a bad beer. It's just not what I was hoping for when I saw Berliner that, Weiss. Is that puree a little too too heavy in there? It might be. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, not a bad beer by any means, but just not quite what I was hoping for. Hence they the did hit rate. all three of the tropical fruits, though. When you said mm-hmm. tropical, the only other inclusion could have been pineapple. Otherwise, Correct. they did, they nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. So you can't win them all, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> no, I will but still you can drink, drink it. them all anyways. I exactly. probably will before we're done here. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can try and choke some more of it down during our favorite segment. 
Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 Our drunk trade of the week. That's right. Lay it on us, Jake. I forget how long that drop is sometimes. Uh, in the best way. In the best way. Because we wanted to cram as much drunkness in as possible. If I could have found <laughs> more drunk clips, I would have added them in, but... It's all right. It's all right. It's enough. I think, I think we're good. I all think right. we're good. All right, good. So this week's drunk trade of the week comes from at FF underscore Allstar. They say, I was deaf drunk. Is this, is this Smash Mouth's official Twitter handle? Fuck you. <laughs> no. I hope not either. But no. You never know. With I, that handle, it could be. This is now 55 minutes for the rest of this episode, and it's going to have that stupid goddamn song floating around my ear holes. Thank you for that. You're welcome. But no, this is somebody else that does not have, uh, hopefully, frosted tips and fire on their shirt. Uh, this, this person says, I was deaf drunk at a casino when I received this offer. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, he sent Le'Veon Bell, Devin Duvernay, Corey Davis, Peoples Jones. I like to say the Peoples Jones, mm-hmm. and tw- a twenty twenty one second round pick, and in okay? return, and in exchange, got Nick Chubb. Okay, mm-hmm. so this was PPR Nash. Mm-hmm. He, they go on to ask, was the other guy drunk too? Talking about the Chubb owner. What do you think, looking at this? It's really only one big guy. I mean, it's basically Le'Veon Bell in a second for Nick Chubb. Right. Uh, I like the Chubb side, personally, uh, especially if this is, uh, I'm assuming it's a dynasty trade. I wouldn't wouldn't expect this to be redraft. Um, But uh, I I like the Chubb side better. Uh, It's just, it's a lot of eh pieces. Even Le'Veon Bell. Uh, who I am high on for this season, even him long term, it's like spoiler eh. alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, but it's just I'm kind of. Eh. I, I would take the chump <laughs> side. It's basically four quarters does not equal a dollar in this instant because that's what you're getting. You're getting a bunch of loose change thrown at you for a nice crisp dollar bill, and that loose change does not add up to a dollar bill in this instance. Yeah, nothing against uh, either of the rookies that we're talking about there. Devin DuVernay, wide receiver for the Ravens. Donovan Peoples, Donovan the Peoples-Jones uh, is wide receiver for the Browns. Both lower round picks in the mm-hmm. NFL. Neither is going to contribute much, in my opinion, this year. Going forward, there's opportunities for both guys, but mm-hmm. the ceilings are pretty low. Uh, I think at least for the foreseeable future. Corey Davis is um, nothing in my book. I, I don't think he's going to have the fifth year breakout, uh, the Devontae Parker treatment here. So I, it, it's like you said, it's really left bell and a second for Nick Chubb, which is not enough. Can I be honest with you? I'm the guy who read this drunk trade and I forgot that Corey Davis was included almost immediately <laughs> once we started. talking. <laughs> well, he is so, that forgettable. So that's my opinion on that. Yeah. I think Chubb is, is the guy here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just longevity here. What do you want? Do you want Love Bell for this year? Sure. Uh, again, we'll probably talk about it a bit. Probably. Uh, but beyond this year, I'm I'm out on him. And yeah, the rest of it just is not enough, plainly. So was the other guy drunk too? Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> Jinx. I owe you nothing. Oh, boo. So, but I don't know. It was also, it's not an outrageous trade in my book where I can say, oh, the Chubb owner, like, how much of a big dumb fucker are you? 
uh, for doing that. I think it's a bad choice, uh, but I don't think it's so outrageous that we have to, you know, rag right. on it too much. No, I agree. It's not super outrageous, but it's just, yeah, I like the chub side. Great. We are in agreement. Good. Which is what we hope for during these drunk trades of the week, because if you and I are not in agreement, that means that this was actually a very maybe savvy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? So good. <laughs> this went according to plan. Yeah. So All right. All the scraps are out of the way. Yeah. Before, the appetizers are gone. Before we get into the main event here, uh, oh, can we talk about for a second how starved people are for sports right now? that all the freaking hype videos from training camp that are coming out and people commenting on them. Yeah. Oh my God. It's insanity right now, which I get because we're all just, like I said, thirsty for, for any sort of live sports, but Holy oh, yeah. man, people are going effing crazy about guys making one handed catches or, or so-and-so's footwork looks amazing. It's like, well, yeah, they don't have pads on. Like I could have, I could, my year. footwork could look pretty good without pads on. Don't you, don't you try and be that guy. Oh, I'm going to be. I'm oh, not say- oh, yeah. I'm not saying I can make a one-handed catch. I'm just, you know. Here's, here's something else that had gone around Twitter since we're talking about, you know, this point in the offseason, like any offseason, it's always bad. But now this year, it's just so much more excruciating because there's been just all of the oxygen had been sucked out until uh-huh. this moment. And now everybody's just blowing in everybody's faces because we're so excited to have air. Mm-hmm. And the one guy had said something on Twitter. I'm not even going to name him because he's not worth naming. But something to the effect of like, I could step in and get, you know, uh, a touchdown in an NFL game. You know, like, that's a thing that I could maybe do. He's like, no, no, sir, you certainly could not. This was not a person with an athletic history. You know, he's not a former college standout right, or something. Right. This is just a random dude who's saying this. So let me ask you this question, then. I'll pose this to you, Mr. Fancy Footwork. <laughs> if, you were, if you were to start, if you're given the opportunity to start an actual NFL game against an actual NFL defense... So for the sake of this argument, let's say no Jaguars. Okay, they're the only ones who are out. Okay. All right. Everybody else is in play. Okay. Sorry, that was rude, but it had to be said. Uh, could you, provided a, a fine quarterback, could you make a catch, a single catch in an NFL game? Oh, I would. I really want to say yes, but uh, I think the answer is no. Uh, <laughs> let's be honest. I, I, I would. Right. It, it would be... Uh, 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 like the the mean machine uh, on uh, the longest yard, how they get crushed by the mm-hmm. prison guards early on. That would be me. I would be the guy that gets crushed and is laying there, just like uh, 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 uh. I'd have yeah, the snot bubbles similar- coming out of my my nose because I got hit so hard. I was thinking a similar thing. I think I could catch a ball, but there's no way in hell I could ever hang on to a ball after getting a hit. And I'd always get hit, so therefore I would never actually catch a ball. You know, it would touch my hands, and maybe I could figure out a way to corral it in. Uh, But then as soon as somebody touched me, it would just, ah, be fucking gone. Even with my my so-called fancy footwork, uh, I don't even know if I could get off the line of scrimmage. Let's be honest. They would just jam me, and I would just be like, okay, I guess I just stay here now. Mine would only be a screen pass. You remember Jay Cutler when he had to split out wide with the Dolphins that one time because they were running a trick play and he just kind of sat there and, yep. and nobody covered Jay Cutler because why would you bother covering Jay Cutler? That's the best situation I could hope for. And even then, I don't think I'm going to get a yard. Oh, no, I, I wouldn't expect myself to do that either. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad we're on similar footing. But yes, uh, off-season hype trains. Holy shit. Ugh. And this is uh, everybody's in the best shape of their life. Uh, season 
here. Every single player is in the best shape they've ever been in. Yeah, except it, for all the injuries. <laughs> except nobody's in the best shape that they've ever yes, been in. There's been quite a few uh, torn ACLs and a lot of hamstring pulls right now, uh, which I suppose is to be expected. But at the same time, it, it worries me, especially with the hamstrings. Obviously, the mm-hmm. ACL's no good out for the season. But with the hamstrings, that really does concern me because those can linger on for quite some time before you're fully healthy. So uh, just a note out there to all of our uh, listeners, if, if one of your players has a hamstring injury or you're coming up here into your redraft draft soon, uh, just maybe take a second thought about you know, drafting AJ Green or any of the other number of guys that have had a hamstring injury so far, you know, maybe let them drop a round or two before you you would grab them just as that little insurance, because like I said, those things tend to linger on and can affect their entire season, really. You know, if listeners had just uh, tuned in when we had Dr. Edwin Porras on the pod and we discussed this very possibility with the mm-hmm. shortened off season, he, he put a fine point on it. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode or just look at what he posts on Twitter because he saw this coming as a lot of uh, injury professionals did. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were falling in line with where he projected at this point, sadly. Mm-hmm. Yes, Exactly. Exactly. All right, but no more sadness. Can we no be done more. being sad? Can we get into all happiness? Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's get into the to the meat of the episode here. Uh, talking drinking about buddy? yeah, talking about drinking buddies. Cheers, cheers, drinking buddies. Virtual cheers. Yes, perfect. All right, so as we said, uh, starting off the pod here, these are guys that we are personally going to be targeting in drafts, and these are guys that we really like based on how we feel like their team is going to do and how they're going to project out their current ADP, uh, and just overall value. So, Jake, start us off here. Who is your quarterback drinking buddy for this season? My quarterback drinking buddy. Uh, We talked a little bit before about how some of these were tougher than others. Quarterback's the only one for me that was not really that tough. Uh, Pretty simple. Because if you paid attention to me, I am all over Matt Ryan for the 2020 season. His ADP is currently at QB8. And uh, while that may not seem extraordinarily, it's really not when we're talking about quarterbacks. Really, if, if you get into the top, uh, say, 10, 12 for quarterbacks, you're probably around where you should be drafted. So this is not necessarily a value proposition here. Maybe a little bit. But by and large, it's just about what Matt Ryan has done in the system that he is playing in this year. Mm-hmm. So the return of Dirk last year, Dirk had her there. Came back after a couple of way, a couple of years away from Atlanta and got to hook up with Matt Ryan again. In their four years together, including 2019, here are the ranks for Dirk Cutter's passing offense, passing attempts. It was eighth in their first year together. They were still ironing some things out. And then it was third, third, and first most recently. Ooh, that's pretty good. That, right? That's very good, yes. If you're going to be targeting a quarterback early, and Matt Ryan is right on the cusp of what I would consider, not early, but probably a little earlier than I would like to take a quarterback, because I like to wait until the much later rounds if Mm -hmm. I can, um, and snag some of those those later guys. But he's too good for me to pass up this year. So he is overall ADP of 75, which means if you are in your garden variety home league and they all follow their... Uh, their charts 
uh, as much as we would like people to, you can get them in the sixth round. Maybe he falls a little bit, and then sixth round, typically early for me to take a quarterback. But again, with his passing opportunity and that volume that's going to be there, he could easily finish. I'm not going to say number one because that would be ridiculous. But he has top three upside easily. And I have him ranked as my QB three. He is only behind Mahomes and only behind Lamar. And then is Matt Ryan. And he's somewhat close to Dak Prescott, but Dak's dealing with a new coaching staff. Dak has higher ADP. Uh, the consistency in Matt Ryan's coaching staff is part of what I love about him this year. With these weird training camps, and I'm, I'm sorry to always be the guy who feels like I'm harping on the COVID-altered off-season, but it's such a, a big lingering point uh, to be considered here. I want the guys who have consistency there. So that's why I'm a little bit still out on Dak, because he's got a new coach coming in. Mm -hmm. um, Matt Ryan, his primary weapons are still there. Julio and Calvin Ridley. I, I like big things from both of them. I could see Julio Jones putting up a wide receiver one uh, year this year super easily. Absolutely. I think Todd Gurley. I think Todd Gurley is a big step up from Devonta Freeman from last year. I don't care what, what your thoughts and concerns are with Todd Gurley's knees. To me... At this point now, now that we've seen him get some work in, it just kind of look. It, it feels like how people judged him last offseason around the same time. And everybody kept saying, those knees ain't going to hold up. Those knees ain't going to hold up. And he just kind of held up. Uh, yeah, especially when he was, he, when he, was, he was reported ahead. to be limping already. Why would you do that to me, Dustin? I, I'm, just, I'm just speaking facts here. I'm, well, I'm just, you planted that story, didn't you? I, you yes, planted I planted the story. story. God damn it. Well, no. regardless... Even without Todd Gurley's involvement, I am so on board with their passing attack in general. I even mm -hmm. like Russell Gage a fair bit this year just because of this. I'm just speaking specifically to the the amount of passing work that will be had there. Um, Hayden Hurst, I'm a little bit of a, a question mark guy on Hayden Hurst, but I don't think he's going to be a significant downgrade from Austin Hooper, who I like Austin Hooper. We both do. Mm -hmm. But he's not all-world tight end. So the concerns about Hayden Hurst coming in and, and being a steep drop, eh, I'm not buying that either. I'm just so ready for the Matty Ice uh, roller coaster to hit the, the peak again. So there's that peak and valley, peak and valley every other year where it goes back and forth. Oh, yeah, this is the peak uh, year. It's it the peak year, man. I'm all about it. Oh, and the O-line. I can't believe I forgot to mention this. So bad offensive line last year. Real bad offensive line. Um, but it certainly has not gotten worse. And they had two first-round picks that were rookies last year. And I've talked on this podcast before about how assuming a rookie comes in on the offensive line and just dominates and makes everything better right away, it's foolish. Uh, first-round pick or not. But another year in the system, I actually like them to take uh, a few steps forward to be middle of the road. And that's all they need to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like Matt Ryan as your pick. Uh, I probably would have taken him as well. Uh, I agree with everything you said. Like the offense is great. They, they, they are fantasy relevant pieces every single year. Uh, it, there's nothing not to like about about that offense. Uh, and and like you said, Matt Ryan's upside is top three. Uh, like you said, you, you don't expect him to finish number one. That would be kind of an all world beating season but who knows it could happen there in the nfc south with all those high-flying offenses uh not out of the realm of possibilities but I, I think like you said you know in that three to five range could easily easily happen and it wouldn't surprise me one bit so i really like that uh, i am right on board with you and and matt ryan but we are gonna go talk about my man 
Gardner Minshew, who uh-huh. on Pro Football Reference they always have their uh, nicknames. You know, next to the to the regular name, they're they're of they're, course. It has mustache or jockstrap king. <laughs> jo- you said jockstrap king. Jockstrap king. Yes. Okay. Wanted to make sure I heard it right. Yeah, you, you heard it correctly. Uh, so I really like Gardner Minshew, uh, especially where he's being drafted. If you are punting the quarterback position until super late, I think he can be a really good option for you. I think he's going to surprise some people. I know everyone was on board with him last year, uh, and it was mainly just because of his swagger. You love the mustache. Uh, and he did like revitalize that, that fan base there in Jacksonville. He was fun to watch. You could tell he loves to play the game. Uh, a great story because he wasn't expected to start, kind of stepped in uh, and did surprisingly well. He had a, a surprisingly good season last year uh, for the 12 games he started. Uh, he only went six, six and six, which isn't bad for a rookie. What was he drafted in like the fifth or sixth round, I believe? Uh, yeah. He's so, a later guy. Like I said, not expected to start. Nick Foles was supposed to be the starter. Uh, I'm sure they were hoping to groom him for a couple years before having him see the field if he would have saw the field at all typically those later round quarterbacks that are drafted in the nfl draft don't typically see the field uh, except for maybe some mop-up duty or something but in his 12 games or 14 games played 12 games started he completed 60 percent of his passes which not too shabby had a 21 to 6 touchdown to interception ratio which is really freaking good uh I just, I 3,200 yards, almost 3,300 yards. Uh, considering he was a rookie last year, I think he is going to take a, a, a step forward this season. Uh, currently, he's going as the quarterback 26 off the board. So not even a QB2 range. I think he could sneak into the, the low-end top 12 quarterbacks. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I think it's within huh. the realm of possibilities. Uh there's no QB competition this year. You know he's the guy. They didn't bring in anyone to really uh, challenge him as far as as the starting job. So you know he he is he is the guy. Uh, this is the second year in the system. He's got the entire offseason. I know. Again, we've been saying with COVID, it's different, but it, it's he's able to study the playbook better, prepare as an actual starter as opposed to being the guy on the bench holding the clipboard every week. He is preparing as the actual starter. We know teams have been doing a uh, a good job in the off season of, of having like these little mini camps where the receivers and quarterbacks get together and throw passes around and just bond to, to work on that chemistry. I'm sure some of that was going on. I know we've seen it from other teams uh, and he has a, uh, what should be an improved wide receiver core. We saw DJ Chark take a big step forward last year, uh, which he should continue to take a step forward. DJ Chark has the skills to be a number one wide receiver in the league, not the number one wide receiver, a wide receiver sure. one. Let's put it that way. Uh, I don't know that that would happen this year unless the whole Jags offense really takes a huge step forward. I'm just saying he has that potential. So you, you have a stud wide receiver. Uh, they drafted another wide receiver very early on in the draft uh, to compliment him. Uh, Leonard Fournette, he had a very good season last year. He was one of my guys last year, ended up balling out, catching, you know, well more than twice as many balls as he's ever caught in a season, which was at a function of just not having a good offense around him. And he was a dump off or what? I don't know. Uh, But I I think their whole offense as a whole is going to be improved. And, and I think, like I said, if you're kind of punting the quarterback position, uh, Gardner Minshew has some sneaky upside uh, to do really well for you this year. 
What happened to Gardner Minshew's hype train? Where where did it go? I remember at this time last year when he was obviously basically unknown because he wasn't expected to be the starter. And then a few weeks into the season, all of a sudden it's Minshew mania and Twitter is going wild. The general public is going wild and everybody expected him to just be the king and savior of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then we go to look up ADP. Where's Gardner? Mm -hmm. Why? Why is he suddenly so far down here? Well, I think part of it's due to just the the quality depth of the quarterback position nowadays. I mean, there are so many good. I mean, you have your established veterans, your Tom Brady's, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, etc. And then you have your bunch of young guys that have a lot of hype, like Kyler. Uh, you have, you know, Deshaun Watson's relatively young, you know, Daniel Jones, Baker. I mean, you've got a bunch of other young guys that that have all this hype and and good expectations. So I, I think just combination of all that, he just kind of gets pushed down. And I don't think people are expecting the Jacksonville offense to be a very high powered offense. I think everyone's expecting Jacksonville to be in play for that number one overall pick in the NFL draft next year, mm-hmm. which typically if you if you're going to be the number one pick, you don't have a good offense. You don't have a good defense. So I think that's why he's been pushed down so well. See, now I think if you look at Miami last year, this is a good uh, concept. When you just hear it, you go, yeah, if they're going to be looking for that number one pick, they're going to be terrible. And that's true. They'll be terrible for the first half of games, mm-hmm. probably, when they're when they're definitely losing it. And then they're just going to gun it out anyways, a la Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Minshew may not be to that level of uh, confidence, let's say, with the gunslinging. Mm-hmm. But there's, uh, there's certainly a world where he's that anyhow, even if they are gunning for that number one pick. I still think that... You're not just going to have the guy trot out there and look like an asshole for the entire year just because you want that number one pick. Mm-hmm. You're going to let him do his thing. Yeah. And his thing is good. And garbage garbage points don't matter because points are points no matter how they get them. That's right. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into our running backs, uh, we want to take a, a time out here to highlight our, uh, our, our nice fresh new sponsor for this week's episode. Mm -hmm. This is Veyer Watches. So today's episode of DTF is presented by Veyer. Veyer was founded with the goal of building an affordable everyday wristwatch that blends tasteful design with extreme durability and functionality. And Dustin, those are like four of my favorite things. Uh, Veyer returns a sense of dignity to affordable wristwatches and are built to last. Veyer is a true American watch company specializing in both quartz and automatic watches. Veyer is offering our listeners 15% off if you use the code PODGO15. That's PODGO15. Go to VeyerWatches.com. That's V-A-E-R Watches.com to learn more and get your new timepiece today. Dustin, I want that timepiece. So do I. I want to point on something on my body and just call it a timepiece for once. <laughs> if for no other that's all I want. I've never owned something uh, elegant enough to be called a timepiece, I don't think. Well, now's the time to do it. Now's the only time. All right, let's talk running backs, Dustin. Mm-hmm. Do you want to kick us off for the running back this go-around? Sure, let's do it. So, Because my... we already took the cat out of the bag a little bit, that's why. Yes, well, they didn't know it was mine. It could have been yours. Mm-hmm. Jeez. So, uh, so yeah, my drinking buddy this year is Le'Veon Bell for running back. He is currently going as the RB16, which honestly is about where I expect him to finish. Uh, I could see him maybe sneaking into that 
12, 13, maybe if things go right. Uh, but honestly, I think this is a good spot for him. And I think he's going to surprise some people with how he plays this year. I know last year he was disappointing, to say the least. And let's be honest, the Jets offense was a dumpster fire last year. Pretty much anything that could have went wrong did go wrong for him, uh, including Adam Gaze. Uh, he's still there, unfortunately, but I do think that this offense is going to take a step forward this year. I really do. So uh, the reason that I really like him to improve over last year is they bolstered their offensive line in this offseason. They have signed a tackle, a guard, and a center to their offensive line. Now, I know what you're going to say. It takes time for them to gel and, and and get on the same page. Offensive line, you just can't willy-nilly throw people in and expect things to go. True. I was going to say that. I See, I know things. I drink and I know things. Uh, but you can't just shake a stick at the fact that they knew that this was an area of need for their team that needed improvement, and they went after, signed a bunch of guys to, to make that better. They knew this was a weakness they went after it to make it better. So that's the first thing. I really like that they addressed it. Uh, and, and it may take a few games for them to gel, but I think you can't do much worse than the 31st ranked offensive line in the league. Let's be honest. So that's one reason. He only had three rushing touchdowns last season. Uh, for the number of hit carries he got, which was 245 carries, only three touchdowns. The only other time he's gotten that few of touchdowns was in 2015 when he only played six games. So he, he so that's an excuse. <laughs> yes. So he, he typically scores touchdowns. Uh, and, and let's be honest, I, I expect, as we like to say, positive regression uh, to the mean there where he, he will probably end up with seven to 10 touchdowns on the season, which you add that extra 60, 70 points on to his total from last year would easily push him up the running back ranks easily. Another thing is that Sam Darnold was out for four weeks last year, not having your starting quarterback. It just, it, it held back the entire offense because you could trust the quarterback to throw deep or, uh, or, or, or to, to hold the defenses, you know, uh, honest, and, and, and they improved their wide receiver core this year as well, uh, which should help defenders stay out of the box. They can't stack the box as much. You know, they picked up uh, Denzel Mims in the draft, Brashad Perryman. They signed in free agency along with Mr. PPR man, Jamison Crowder. You know, that is an improved group. Chris Herndon was out for games last year because of injury and suspension. So uh, I know I'm personally high on him as well to have an impact this year. So I, I think that with all these things, it, it's just it adds up to Le'Veon Bell having a better season than he had last year. I don't I don't hate this. This is just one of he's very rising this year. And I think the question is when you're targeting a running back, where he's going in draft, are you looking for upside or are you looking for guaranteed volume? And for me, I err on the side of guaranteed volume at that stage in the draft. So I like Le'Veon Bell for that. And I think he does have upside as well. Like I said, if he scores more touchdowns this year, I mean, that that will raise him up up the finishing ranks very, very quickly. I do think he, he has upside for that. I'm a little bit worried that he would get enough of the touchdowns, even if the Offense progresses, which I do think the offense progresses. And uh, non-spoiler, I almost had Chris Herndon as my tight end for this episode because I do. I, I forgot how good he actually was mm -hmm. as a rookie in 2018. Yeah, he was so incredible. Think, yeah, he he really does add an element to that offense that they so desperately need. Um, 
And it'll be interesting to see how that works out in terms of total touchdowns. But I do, I do not hate Lev Bell this year at all. And I kind of don't understand the amount of hate that he gets. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because, what, he's 28 now, so he's over the hill. Oh, no. Is he? I guess, but like freshly 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So who is your running back? It's a very small hill. It Don't is. worry about it. So I'm going to admit, Jake, your running back here is someone a couple days ago I almost changed in the show sheet to be my I running back. I am going to keep so. this on. Go ahead. What's that? Go ahead. Wait, what did you What did you do? You tell me what you did. Oh, I... I said I almost changed the show sheet to uh, to your your drinking buddy here a couple of days ago because I, oh. I I was very high on him. I, I was having I second thought you, thoughts. I thought you meant you were going to like change it now just to fuck with me. No, um, no, 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 no. I was actually going to uh, select this player because I've I've been slowly coming around to him on having a very big season. So I'm interested to I hear think- why. I see. I thought you were testing me like this was an anchorman situation just to see if I would read anything that's on the show, Doc, and make me look like a, a real fool. Uh, you don't need me to do that. <laughs> that's true. I can do it great enough myself. So my running back is Chris Carson, running back for the Seattle Seahawks, of course. He is currently going at RB18. He is one man behind Love Bell right now, if I just refresh the rankings here. Uh, they're that close. Kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal with Chris Carson. The man is so underrated. He's so underrated. And I it, it actually makes me kind of furious now to think about. So with Chris Carson, you have to look, number one, at the offense that he's in. So just like with Matt Ryan, and I really wanted to hyper-focus on passing attempts, I want to hyper-focus on a running back that's going to get the work. With Rashad Penny likely not returning until midseason at some point, and with Carlos Hyde really just an insurance pickup and DJ Dallas more of a special teams guy and, mm-hmm. and he'll get sprinkled in. But he's not a threat to take over main duties here. It's going to be the Chris Carson show. So he, he for all intents and purposes right now is healthy. He's in a Brian Schottenheimer offense, which over the last two years ranked second and third in rushing attempts. He has the sixth most most broken tackles among running backs last year, the third most rushing yards after contact. He's ranked in the top five in total rushing yards, both of the last two seasons. Um, He's 4.4 yards per carry behind one of the worst offensive lines in all of football. And it hasn't stopped him. It doesn't matter that he's behind a shit offensive line. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't. And that's the thing that would typically scare me away from a running back. There are some guys who I've looked at drafting previously, and then I go to check out what the offensive line situation is, and it just totally scares me off. That's not the case with Chris Carson at all because he's already proved that it doesn't matter mm-hmm. for him. Um, the passing work is the only thing you have to question with him. The only thing. And he's never going to be a focal point as a receiver. You should never expect that. But he did have a career-high 47 targets last year. I know, woohoo, 47 targets. But, I mean, in terms of a minimum threshold, 40 targets plus, you're fine. You're going to be okay for fantasy football, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're putting up basically 1,200 yards rushing every season. You get a ton, a ton of red zone work, mm-hmm. which is what he does. His touchdown numbers, he's had uh, nine and seven touchdowns. 
over the last two years. I expect him to be right in that range again. Mm-hmm. My only slight concern is, yeah, maybe Greg Olson takes a couple of a touchdowns away. Maybe they do actually focus on throwing a couple more. No, it's uh, going to be Will Disley, there. not Greg Olson. Come on. Will uh, Disley's back at practice. Uh, he's he's going to be fire. <laughs> sure. Sure. That's fine, too. <laughs> no, I, I agree you know, with you. Uh, one of the other concerns I have about Chris Carson uh, is just he does have a little bit of a fumbling history. Uh, but we saw Pete Carroll never took him out even when he was fumbling last year. So that tells you the confidence that they have in Chris Carson. Uh, and like I said, I was considering changing my drinking buddy to Chris Carson for the running back position just because I have been... You know, I've been just coming around to him more and more every day. He's great. Uh, One final stat I just want to throw out, because this is a new one that Next Gen Stats started using this past year, and he was sixth overall in expected yards per carry. That's basically, hey, given the situation and who you are, this is is what you should get, and he just gets it. Mm -hmm. He is consistent, too. Like, I just, I would love running back consistency. I mean, I like that for all my players. But I like them to also have a high ceiling. And Chris Carson, to me, he finished running back 12 on a points-per-game basis last year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's not his floor, but I feel like it's pretty close to it if he actually stays healthy for oh, all 16. Absolutely. And kind of even if he doesn't, because he, he's played hurt the last couple of years and he still produced these numbers. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you don't even really have to worry about the injuries unless it's the type of injury, of course, that sidelines him. Um, And I think that's what's kind of depressing his value right now is that people were so concerned about the injury uh, that it happened very late in the season. And and we weren't getting any real updates about it throughout the offseason. And we were like, well, is he going to start the season? You know, there's no preseason to get him acclimated, but it sounds like it's all systems go and he's been looking good on the field so far. So uh, that's that's awesome. So I I want to uh, bring up a trade I made for Chris Carson back in like... It was in like late February, early March, somewhere around there. I don't remember the the exact date. But I traded for Chris okay. Carson, one of my dynasty leagues, for a 2021 first. How do you feel about that? Straight you up. Traded him, you traded him for a 2021 no, first? No, I received Chris Carson. So I oh. gave up a 2021 first for him. If you are in a position to win this year, then I think that's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Okay. I worry about him on the open market next year because it's just so, so, uh, so many bodies are going to be there for running back. There are. And in fact, so the, the inverse of our trade, I actually, because I started going zero RB a little bit with my dynasty teams with the COVID concerns and are we going to have a season this year? Or are we not? I actually traded him in a league for a 2022nd first. I traded him away for a 2022nd first round pick. So there you go. There we go. I would say yours was better. Well, that's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, All yeah. right, let's move on to wide receivers. Let's do it. Uh, and both of our wide receivers, I think, are just perpetually disrespected in the fantasy community, uh, except for maybe those savvy players out there that know what they're getting. Uh, but both these players, just year in and year out, are very solid, reliable fantasy producers. Uh, do you want to kick us off or, or shall I? I can't contain this man's name inside my mouth any longer, so I think I have to. Go for it. It's Robert Woods. Oh, B-Dubs. Oh, B-Dubs. Oh, Bobby Woodsies. He is... 
He's everything that you want in a wide receiver, mm-hmm. especially at his ADP. And I love this. Guy. Um, I, I look, love this guy too. Like he, he's like my my one B wide receiver drinking buddy this year. Like I am all about this pick. So, <laughs> so far, what I'm hearing is that my picks are basically pristine because you had wanted Matt Ryan. You were you were considering switching to Chris Carson, and now you're claiming Robert Woods is your half. I feel like I'm just I am everywhere you want to be right now. I'm well, Visa for now. You got three out of four right. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I know that you're not going to be in on my next one, but we're not going to distract from Robert. No, Woods we're not there yet. No, no, no. Lay us right. Lay it on us here. Robert Robert Woods has successfully exceeded expectations the last two years, and that could not be a bigger understatement. I can't. I couldn't find a bigger understatement to say about that. So he's had at least 130 targets, at least 86 receptions, at least 1,100 yards. Both of the last two seasons. He is consistent. When the Rams started changing around their personnel last year, when they started moving away from the 11 personnel, and then they started getting tight ends involved a little bit more, you started to notice how that affected the wide receiving core on the Rams, except for Robert Woods. Robert Woods was unaffected by this. They knew who their one was. They knew who their alpha was. And they made sure to keep him on the field. Um, and I, right now, cannot believe ADP-wise, Robert Woods is wide receiver 19 still. After me and Tevin, Kevin Tompkins have been railing this entire offseason, trying to get this man to run for president, basically. And he, he still has such a suppressed ADP. But then I look at Cooper Cup, who is four spots above him, at wide receiver 15. For me, if we're looking at one of these guys, it is painfully obvious who I'm taking, even if they were at the same ADP, even if their ADPs were reversed, I want Robert Woods. Mm -hmm. So his snap counts only one game. Uh, Actually, I apologize. Only two games did he fall under 90% for a snap count last year. He's so, so, so consistently used. Here's another thing that I love about Robert Woods. He only had two touchdowns last year. He only had two touchdowns last year. Which is ridiculous. It's stupid. There is there is inherent touchdown regression, uh, positive regression built in for this year. I'm not expecting the world. Robert Woods is never going to give you double digit touchdowns, nor would he ever need to. That is going to be a uh, cup Higby Everett, whichever your tight end of preference is. I don't want to say the wrong name in front of Dustin, but whichever your preference is. At touchdown, you're, you're going to have to concede. But six, seven touchdowns for him? Yeah, 100%. I, I'm all about that. He is a PPR monster in the way that Jarvis Landry is a PPR monster, but not even as much as Robert is. Um, there's just no reason to, to get rid of that value. So they, they lost Brandon Cooks. They lost Todd Gurley, by the way. Um, and they, they brought in a rookie who could very well be more talented than Brandon Cooks when everything's said and done. But for this year, I'm not going to believe that a rookie is going to all of a sudden suck in all these targets. So he's as safe as you can possibly get for a wide receiver. So that's who I want and has such a high ceiling. I love him. I just love him. Can I just say how much I love him in like a song? Please. Not right now. Oh, I have to put okay. some time and effort oh, into writing right. the song. I thought maybe he had the song already the for us. You know, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I love him. God. I could see him finishing in the top 12 
easily this season. Yeah, it wouldn't shock oh, me yeah. one bit. Uh, and yeah, going as the wide receiver 19 is just criminal. Criminal. Uh, so I love that pick. Love it. Love it. All right. <laughs> so moving on to my wide receiver, another perpetually undervalued wide receiver, uh, a, a slightly older gentleman as far as age goes in the NFL. But I have Marvin Jones, the Detroit Lions. He is currently the wide receiver 38 off the board. Uh, and he is going as pick 188 overall so getting him very very late in drafts uh this guy is consistent to say the least uh in seasons where he has not been injured uh, a couple seasons ago uh 2018 he only played nine games for the season but uh all the other years where he's played at least double digit games he has been pretty much at a minimum a wide receiver three and he's going Outside of that right now, uh, and, we, and we saw a couple, uh, three years ago now uh, where he was a wide receiver one. He came in as, as the wide receiver 11. So he's got that upside to him. Uh, I know what you're thinking. Kenny Galladay's there, which stud, he is a wide receiver one. You expect TJ Hawkinson to take a step forward. You know, he was a rookie last year. Uh, DeAndre Swift is a great pass catching back out of the backfield. All those things are true. But Marvin Jones... <sighs> All he does is catches balls and catches touchdowns. Uh, in, Can in you the, say that one more time? I, w- I want to blast that out into the atmosphere. He catches balls and catches touchdowns? Yeah. yeah. All right. There's your clip. <laughs> There's my clip. <laughs> uh, so in the past three seasons, two of the past three seasons, he's caught nine touchdowns. Uh, there was the one year where he was only played nine games, still had five touchdowns that year. So he is a touchdown machine. Uh, he catches, he he is the target in the red zone. I don't see TJ Hawkinson taking that. Uh, Matthew Stafford has played with him now for, this is going to be this fifth year uh, that they're together playing. So he has a rapport with him. He has that chemistry. And, and you have Galladay, you know, being the speedster that's taken all the number one cornerback coverage down the field. Uh, I, I just... I just there's what's not to like about him. He's got upside, safe floor every week. Go get him. You won't be disappointed. Especially since you're drafting him so freaking late. Uh it's basically you have a solid flex play in like the eleventh or twelfth round. I I like that. Can we talk about the I think the red zone thing gets overlooked so much with him because he just doesn't profile as like he's not a monster right. beefy dude who's gonna catch it. He had one fewer target than Kenny Galladay did but he only played 13 games last mm-hmm. year. So it's just weird that you don't ever consider him back because he's kind of like a burner dude and you just don't think of him as a red zone threat, mm-hmm. but God damn it, he is. He sure is. I really do. I love this. Can I just point out your one thing about, you know, Mr. Consistency? Yeah, until you actually need him to perform to bail you out of a beer bet in one week and then he puts up 22 yards. Oh, come on. He had like, what, 120 the week before? <laughs> 126. <laughs> but the week that I needed him, he failed on. Uh, well. So, uh, no, I really do love that. Um, you were talking about, you know, Bobby Woods is your, as your 1B here. I really do love Marvin, and I'm, I'm going after him hard late in drafts because if there's ever a duo on a team where it's like, look, if things just fell a certain way a week or two, they're going to flip-flop the finishes based on their ADP. Well, think it's going to be Galladay and Marvin. Well, think about last season as well. Matthew Stafford only played half the season. So if he would have been in the second half of that season, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows how many touchdowns Marvin Jones would have had. He would have been double digits easily. That's a very good point. Fire him up, goddammit. Mm-hmm. I almost also mentioned Matthew Stafford as my quarterback. I love him this year. Even though you talked me away from him a little bit uh, in a previous episode, I'm still kind of not ready to give it up. Mm-hmm. All right, but tight ends. Let's mm-hmm. finish off strong here with our tight ends that we are planting on. Let's do it. We are getting all up in these tight ends for 2020. I know that was an obvious joke, and no, I don't feel great about it, but I had to say it. Well, when it's My just laid own. out there, you have to. When it's laid out there, you have to do it. Uh, that's what he said, she said. I don't even know anymore. Let's talk about Kyle Rudolph. Mm-hmm. He's my tight end for this year. He's my drinking buddy. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, one of the least sexy names uh, on the planet, even outside of fantasy football, just that name. I don't know. Um, and the thing with Kyle Rudolph is that I was so out on Kyle Rudolph last year. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was a red flag for me last year, or he was a bust last year. He was in that category. He was disgust. I did not want him on my teams. Let's put it that way. This year, I'm kind of doing a 180 on him. Uh, some of that is just plainly due to his ADP, which is insanely low. He's he's free. He's not a guy that you will have to draft uh, if you want him. You're free to, to take him in your last round, uh, which is what I will be planning to do here. Um, because it's not... I can't understate what it means to lose Stefan Diggs for that team. And Adam Thielen, while a very, very good football player, he's crossed the 30 threshold. So, you know, that's always a lingering thought in your mind about does his production start to dip just a tiny bit this year? Uh, and he, again, can he be the focal point without Diggs there? He can. The issue is they, they brought in a rookie who you expect to come in and light the world on fire. I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing that from any rookie this year. Um, so I apologize to Justin Jefferson truthers out there. I just don't see it for him mm-hmm. this year um, being that dominant dude. I like Irv Smith. I do. Second year tight end for the Vikings. I like Irv as well. This is not an either or thing. Um, Irv is being talked about a lot more. And so me being the contrarian, of course, I had to go the opposite route. And Rudolph's ADP is lower. But here's what's pretty interesting is with Gary Kubiak coming to town as the offensive coordinator. Historically, all of his teams have relied on one primary tight end. And typically that tight end was Owen Daniels, who apparently just followed him from team to team like a little lost puppy. Uh, but but it was Irv Smith is getting split out wide, as they've talked about already in this offseason. If that's true, if they intend to use Irv Smith more out wide, that makes me happy for Irv. And it also makes me very happy for Kyle Rudolph, because if he is then the focal point at tight end, at true tight end, I'm very excited. So Vikings already threw at an insanely low rate last year with Kevin Stefanski. That should naturally increase by default here. So both of those guys are going to get plenty of targets. And while both of them are, are good and Smith is the more dynamic dude, from week six on, Kyle Rudolph actually outpaced him. I have good margin in yards per reception and yards per target. He also was fantastic in the red zone. I think that his touchdown numbers could increase with Diggs gone once again. I just think that they're sleeping on Kyle Rudolph because you you know the name and he's been pretty average. He's had maybe one blow up season in the last three years where you felt like, hey, that's a, that was good of me to draft Kyle Rudolph. So I understand why you wouldn't want to do it, 
But for me, I'm I'm very okay taking him above. Sorry, your Will Disley uh, types in this format. Yeah, uh, as I said earlier, this is kind of where we diverge in your picks. Um, I don't see any upside with Kyle Rudolph, and if I'm going to take my shot on a tight end that late, that that's going in that you know average draft position. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's other guys that I would rather have than him there. So uh, you have to use your imagination, Dustin. God, I don't want to. Okay. Well, you don't have to for your guy, but we should talk no, about your guy. No, and everybody that listens to the show, this should not be a surprise to anyone whatsoever. I've been hyping up this man all off season whenever I get the chance. I, I, I truly believe he is going to be the breakout tight end of this season. You heard it there first, folks. Uh, currently going as the tight end 16 off the board. He has been creeping up a little bit uh, in drafts. Uh, when I checked a few days ago, he was at 17 overall. So he is slowly creeping up, but still kind of a low-end, mid-to-low-end tight end two at this point. Uh, it's Johnu Smith. As I said, no surprise there. Uh, I think he will finish in the top four for tight ends this season. I, I truly believe that he is going to have that Mark Andrews breakout type season. Uh, so here's why I know you're, you're wondering uh, he is the obvious number two receiving option on that team. You have AJ Brown and then Johnny Smith. There's no one else. They don't have a true number two wide receiver. I, I don't believe in Corey Davis at all. Uh, there's no receiver in out of the running back group. I know they have the rookie this year, but he's a rookie. They typically don't target the running backs in that offense. They have Deion Lewis there the last few years. It's not like he did much of anything. Uh, Delaney Walker, he was always a viable piece in that offense when he was healthy. He's not there anymore. They moved on from him. Finally given Janu the uh, his due here and his chance in the uh, number one role. He's going into his third year, which we know tight ends typically take a couple years to really have a breakout and get comfortable in the NFL, uh, only because that they are trying to learn the wide receiver and receiving route trees, but also offensive line blocking for rushing. So it's a lot for tight ends to acclimate to the NFL. So that's why it takes them a a little bit of time to get acclimated. So he's going into his third year. Uh, He only had last year uh, an 11% target share, which is not great. I'll tell you, that's not great. But I expect that to increase significantly this year. Uh, And and I expect the efficiency as a whole for that offense to come down from where it was last year and and not be quite so efficient. Um, I just, I I can't say enough. I mean, he only had three touchdowns last season. Uh, I expect that to to at least double this year. He'll end up in that six to eight range easily, I think. Uh, where was the one stat I was looking at? Oh, yes, a contested catch rate of almost 86%, which is great, uh, meaning that he comes down with those balls when he has defenders right on top of him. I, I just think he is set up to have a great season this year, and and I will be doing a big I told you so dance come February after the season's over. Would you would you call Johnny Smith the cat's pajamas? Mm-hmm. Is that a, is that a phrase that you would you would pull out for Johnny? Oh yes, if he performs well, he will be the cat's pajamas. You know, I I love Johnny. I have him ranked highly in my tight end rankings. I think I have him as tight end six. The only thing that gives me pause is thinking like I remember what Delaney Walker did in those offenses, 
but it's not really that offense anymore. Very true. You know, it's a different coaching staff since Delaney was putting mm-hmm. up those numbers. So it's tough to project out the kind of numbers that he put up just in targets and all that. But it all just comes down to who else is there. And there's nobody else there. And now Darrington Evans, who I liked uh, coming in, a rookie running back, who I thought was better than Deion Lewis as a pass catcher. So I was expecting some things from him. Now apparently he's he's hurt. So uh, fire up Johnny, man. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Out of all my drinking buddies for this season, this is the one I'm most competent in and will be shouting from the mountaintops, go get this guy. Okay, well, can I can I take partial uh, partial on him? Can I have like an arm or a leg for Janu since you got pieces off of my previous ones? I feel like I need some to bolster my tight end spot here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm gonna. Well, we're gonna. We're gonna hold hands, the three of us, and walk into the 2020 season. Bro. Oh, perfect! I love it. I will enjoy every Done. second of that. All right, fantastic. Well, that, those are our guys. Mm-hmm. Those are our drinking buds. Yeah, we will uh, be posting these on the Twitter and let us know what you think. Whether you agree, whether you disagree, and just don't be a dink and say that's a bad take. Tell us why. Let's have let's have some discourse about it and. Maybe you'll sway us. Probably not. But there is that opportunity that you could present some very good arguments and we'll be like, good point. That's true. Is it going to make me step away and and unplant my flag? Probably not. Because let's face it, we put so much into these guys that it would be nary uh, or nearly impossible to do that. But not, not entirely impossible. So let us know. That's right. So anything else you'd like to talk about here, Jake, before we uh, sign off for the evening? No. No. <laughs> All I'm right. Spent. I'm spent, Dustin. All right. Well, as always, folks, you can find us on Twitter, uh, the podcast at Drinking Fantasy. Uh, you can find us uh, on Apple Podcast, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, Stitcher. Uh, pretty much anywhere you find your podcast. We're going to be on it. Give us, uh, uh, please subscribe, download, give us a rate and review. We appreciate it. Let us know what you like about us or what you don't like. Uh, you know, just we, we want feedback from you guys. Let us let know. Let us know what you're met on, too. Like, let right. us know if we're just average. Mm-hmm. And, of course, now that we are getting into uh, the, the hype season here and football is going to be firing up, if you guys are making drunk trades in your dynasty leagues or your teammates are making drunk trades, Please share those with us. We'd love to share them on our upcoming shows. Uh, we'd love to hear about them and talk about them. So uh, uh, please uh, slide into our DMs and let us know about those. And you can find me on Twitter at FFDustyDog. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. 